Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Listen, I have a word for you. I want to pray and I want to get into the scriptures tonight. Will you pray with me? Uh, you might uh, you might pray for, for me. I'm a new dad and that means that I, I don't sleep anymore. Uh, I read a statistic the other day that new parents over the first two years of their baby's life lose six months of sleep. I feel like I've already lost six months of sleep, okay? So I need you to pray for me, church. Uh, I've been drinking cans of Monster. Kids, don't try that at home, but pray for me, okay? And uh, let's pray that the word of God goes forth, amen? That the word does what only the word can do. If you're listening right now, I want you to take hold of this truth. God has a word for me. God has something for me to take and to receive and believe in my season, in the moment I'm in. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would carry me and us through this whole process, Lord. God, as we begin to open up your word, as we begin to hear from you, Holy Spirit, I pray that what you have given me, you would bring through me to the people. Lord, thank you. I'm here on assignments. I'm only here to bring what you've given me, not here with any of my own ideas or inventions. Rather, Lord, I'm here simply to be a mouthpiece for your spirit. And I pray that that is what would happen tonight, Lord. I pray that people would be set free, that they would be healed, that they would be restored, and that there would be a hope for the future. Thank you, Lord, that your word comes to give us hope. Your word comes to give us life and freedom. Your word comes to stir our faith, to fan it into flame, that we might be fruitful in this generation. You've called us to fruitfulness, Lord. You've called us to be fruitful for the gospel. And so in this generation, we want to stand in faith and with the grace you give us, be what you have called us to be for the people around us. A blessing, the hands and feet of Christ and salt and light in the earth. God, I pray that the word goes forth. I pray that you just bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, I just want to begin by thanking you on behalf of my wife, Laura, uh, all the Dobbin clan, all the Dobbin family. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I became a father uh, on the 8th of January this year. Jackson James Dobbin showed up uh, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the of last month, and uh, he has been a blessing all the way through. But for those of you who don't know the story, I'd like to take a little bit of time now and share with you some of what we went through. I want to talk about it because when you look on, on the, uh, across the landscape, when I speak to people now, Christian people, godly people, people who love the Lord, there's a, for want of a better word, a trial or a shaking or a difficult season that they all seem to be in. So I want to just share with you a little bit to encourage you uh, out of what we experienced. So uh, just just, just to fill you in, Jackson um, was due on the 5th of January and uh, much like his father, he was late. So on the 6th of January, Laura was supposed to go into the hospital 
for induction. Um, and the way that that works is they administer four gels over a 24 hour period. The maximum you can have is four gels. Then they break your water to induce natural labor. So that is uh, what happened. And uh, Laura went in and it took, after four gels, there was still nothing. Now I was supposed to be able to go in and be with her at that time. Uh, unfortunately, the Irish government literally changed the rules the, 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 the day after she went in so that I wasn't able to be in the induction ward with her. And so it was difficult. Uh, I wasn't allowed to be there for her. She was alone. She was uh, going through contractions on her own. We were, we were calling, we were on the phone late at night. I was trying to comfort her, but it was difficult, folks. It was a hard thing to see. Uh, and so, so that we kind of weathered through that and that we went in and I went into the labor ward to be with her to see our son come into the world. And um, after a few hours in the labor ward on the 8th of January, they told us, look, um, things don't seem to be progressing. He doesn't seem to be you know, kind of coming out, he's, he likes it in there. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to bring you into an operating theater. We're going to give you a C-section. Uh, just to let you know, church, it's, it, you know, when somebody, you know, when, you know, when something's going on, uh, there was an atmosphere in the room. You could tell that, that there was something they, they knew that they weren't telling us. But it all happened really quickly, really from that decision. We went into the operating theater and uh, they took our son out and there was silence. There was silence for, for, for what seemed like a long time. And uh, then he began to cry, amen. But it was at that point they told me, listen, your son had his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck five times. When I heard that, folks, when I heard that, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that my son's first experience in this world was the delivering power of God, the miraculous delivering power of God? See, because if he had gone on with that induction, it would have put his life in danger. If Laura had tried to have a natural birth, it would have endangered the life of my son. But God knew, the God who knows all things, knew that my son, if he were to come into the world, he'd have to be protected in the womb. And God brought a miraculous deliverance, brought him into the world, safe and sound. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Fortunately, unfortunately, Laura got a day, maybe or two with him. And then he started to develop what they thought was an infection. And so they brought him into the neonatal ward where he stayed for the next two weeks. They didn't know what, it, what was going on. They didn't know whether he had an issue. Apparently his white blood cell count was low. The few other things they were concerned about his immunity. And so they kept him in for two weeks. Uh, and, and there we were, Laura had to come home. She had to leave her son in the hospital. And we spent the next two weeks just living in a hospital. We couldn't go uh, in together into the ward to see Jackson. So we had to take it in turns. And it was two weeks of living that way, uh, looking at a crib where he should be, looking at a changing tray that he wasn't on. But so we had to trust and we had to believe that the Lord was doing something in us to, in order to do something through us, that he was working something into our lives, that this wasn't him abandoning us, but it was him doing something 
good and fruitful. And ultimately, he comes home. He came home uh, uh, maybe two weeks ago at this point, and we were reunited, and, and it was wonderful. And it encouraged me. But I won't lie to you, church. There were moments where I asked, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand, Lord. My wife, she's on the phone. She's upset. She can't seem to get help from any of the nurses. She's in pain. She's got to do this on her own. I'm here. I can do nothing. Lord, my son is in in the ICU. They don't know what's wrong with him. They're ringing Crumlin. Lord, don't, don't, I pray they don't send him to Dublin. All of this is going on. And you, I, I, We knew God was in control, but we had our moments where we asked, Lord, what are you doing? And when I look across the landscape and I speak to people, people are going through things. God has delivered so many people from COVID across the church landscape, but there seems to be difficulty. So I want to speak tonight to two people. Uh, I want to speak to two groups of people. The first group I want to speak to are the people who might be asking, Lord, why is this happening to me? Lord, what are you doing? And then I want to speak to another group of people who might be feeling that the best is behind them. And the message I'm sharing, I've called it shake, rattle and roll. Okay. And so let's begin by reading Hebrews 12 verse 25. So I'm speaking firstly to that person who feels, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I love you. I'm being faithful. I'm serving you. But look at this. This is beyond. This trial is reaching in and shaking even the faith that I have. Listen to Hebrews 12, 25. The Hebrews writer says this. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Folks, there's a shaking going on. Verse 27, the words once more indicate that the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So I've just told you about what the shaking that touched the Dobbin household, that, that shaking uh, uh, of things that, that genuinely brought us through, uh, you know, a, a difficult time, uh, okay, a difficult time. Uh, but I, I want to say something to you right now. If you are going through a shaking, shakings are not about what God allows into our lives, Okay but what we have allowed into our lives. Look at verse 27. Look at it. God is using something temporary. It seemed like those two weeks went on forever. But I want you to know that whatever it is you're going through, it is only temporary. And God is using that temporary thing to shake off what is only temporary in our lives. It's amazing when your son's in hospital, how little you begin to care about trivial things. It's amazing when you're going through something, the perspectives change in an instant. In an earthquake, when everything is shaking, you instinctively drop what doesn't matter to hold on to what can secure you in a moment. It's as if when things begin to shake, there is clarity. 
In a moment, the things that don't matter are unmasked as temporal and earthly and passing away. And the things that do matter, the things that are secure and eternal become all the more apparent. Thank God my life was shaken so I could drop what didn't matter and take hold of Jesus again, or better again, take hold of the kingdom that took hold of me first. Why, Lord, is this happening to me? God is using something temporary to shake off what's only temporary in your life so that we might not refuse his voice. That's what it says in the text. I'm shaking and I'm putting things into perspective. The only things that you should be afraid of losing are the things you can't take with you. I'm shaking so that you will hear my voice again so that we might not refuse his voice, but say yes to his voice and to his kingdom and to the purposes of God in our lives. God has said, what I have allowed into your life won't last. And all you'll lose is what you can't take with you anyway. Shakings unmask and unveil, like we said, what is eternal and life-giving and what is earthen and passing away. I'm shaking you, the Lord is saying, so that you might be fruitful. I'm shaking, I'm allowing this so that you might bear fruit. I'm pruning, like it says in John 15, I'm pruning the branch so that it might bear more fruit. Listen, listen, you can't take those things where I'm taking you. That is what the Lord would say. You can't take those things. I am making space in your life. I'm allowing this into your life to shake the things that can be shaken, created things to make space in your life for my voice and for my purposes. You can't take it with you. I'm bringing you somewhere glorious, a place of fruitfulness and a place where my voice will be more and more apparent in your life. But first I need to shake away the things that have begun to clutter your life. Lord, what are you doing? I'm shaking. I'm shaking things. Now I want to speak. I want to speak to you out of uh, the book of Haggai. Uh, the Hebrew writer is quoting here in Hebrews 12 out of Haggai chapter 2. And I want to speak uh, to, to that second group of people who might be looking on now and after months of lockdown, after months of dealing with, with, with what they've been dealing with, or maybe looking at their spiritual lives and wondering, Lord, is the best Lord, is the best behind me? Is the best behind me? I want to look at that right now. And there's two things I want to give you. I want to give you two commands from the text that the text gives you. And then I want to give you the promise of restoration. And so Hebrews chapter two, or excuse me, Haggai chapter two, I'm going to give you a little bit of context and then we're going to jump into Haggai for the rest of our time together. Haggai chapter two, in about 520 BC, the children or, or the exiles who were taken away by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon almost 70 years earlier in 587 BC have been released by what is now the Medo-Persian Empire back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city that laid in ruins for nearly 70 years 
years to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the temple, to go back and to try and resurrect and restore according to the promises of God. They were led by a high priest called Joshua and a descendant of David, a king called Zerubbabel, who's a picture, of course, of Jesus. I can't read you the whole text for the sake of time but they return back to the land and they begin to build the Lord's temple again, a temple that lay in ruins. They begin to build again, but then the Bible says they got distracted and began to build their paneled houses for themselves and dwell in those and the ruined temple uh, foundations just lay in dereliction and neglect. And here I'm going to pick up in verse three. Who was left among you? who saw this house in its former glory? That's the question that's posed. They're standing around the foundation of the temple, the ruined temple. And the question comes, who, who remembers the former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? They returned to a ruined temple, walls broken down because Jerusalem had let the practices of the nations around them in. And there's a moment of honesty and clarity around the ruins of the temple. God says you're living in paneled houses and because you are, I'm withholding the rain and the harvest and the fruit, the fruitfulness. See, their pursuits had consumed their lives and borne them no fruit. They had no time for the glory of the temple. And I want to talk to you because it's right here in verse 3. Maybe you're like those people and you're looking at the foundation of the temple, the foundation of the temple in your life, the foundation of your spirituality. And you're saying the best days are behind me spiritually. I've had so many low points for so long. Maybe there won't be any high points again. Maybe you're looking at the husk of your spiritual life. Yes, you're in Christ, but you've been so much about your paneled houses now. And there's been such a shaking go on that you're now back at the ruins of your spiritual life. And you're wondering, is the best behind me? Looking back at the former glory, looking back at a first love long gone and the joy of your salvation. You remember at the beginning when you couldn't but share about Jesus. When you, have, you ever, have you ever been that person? You go to a shop, you go and you pay for something and the cashier's gonna get the gospel. You're, you're, anybody who comes to the front door, the milkman is gonna get the gospel. If you're walking your dog, the dog is gonna get the gospel. When you used to share the love of Jesus with anybody, you could see when you wouldn't leave your house without your Bible. When you had passion and joy for lost people when you had passion for people. But at some point, we become more about our paneled houses and we let in foreign things, ideas and practices and thinking and it chokes the seed and we get too busy. We get too busy with our own structures, our own pursuits and endeavors. And we forget the glory of the temple. There's two commandments here that the passage gives us. If that's you, if you're looking and you're... you're, you're you can't see a way forward. You're stuck looking back at what was. There's two things God wants you to know. The first thing God says is this, work for I'm with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Amen. Work for I'm with you. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. 
fear not. Let's explore this. Work, God says. Work, I haven't abandoned you. You may feel abandoned looking at the ruins, the ruins of your spiritual life. God says, no, I don't want you to give up. I want you to work. I want you to work. I haven't abandoned you. I'm the God of your salvation. I'm the God of deliverance. I'm the God who met you and found you in the darkest point of your life and saved you by my grace, according to my love, according to my power. What makes you think now that I'll leave you in dereliction? I'm the God of promises. It's amazing. God points them back to the covenant as if to say what is going to happen is going to happen by grace. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, God says to Zerubbabel, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit. I'm going to finish what I started. I'm not going to leave this place in ruins. You might be looking back but I'm going to give you a hope for the future. Listen, work, you will bear fruit in an impossible time by my power at work within you. I will have my glory. It is an impossible time. We are locked down. We are locked away from people. We're locked away from human interaction. Yet God says, now I've ordained fruitfulness in your life. Now I want you to work. Now I want you to stand and be strong and have courage. Now you can. Why? Because I'm the God of promises. I'm the God of grace. I'm the God of your salvation and deliverance. And I was praying. I was saying, Lord, how does this work? How can we be fruitful when we're locked down? And it occurred to me, God just spoken into my heart. Am I not the God of divine opportunity? Am I not the God? If I'm the God who can meet you and save you in the darkest of places, can I not now bring opportunities for you to be fruitful in an impossible season, in a lockdown season, so that you can give all the glory to me, so that you know that it is me working in you. I will create divine opportunities for you, says the Lord. I will send them to you just walking them. A few months ago, I was walking through Cork City. I won't lie to your church. I was frustrated. I was. Different things were going on. Middle of a lockdown. I was in my own head. I was thinking about my own life. It's amazing how busy, how often it happens and how busy we can become. So consumed with ourselves and our own lives. We forget about people. We forget about the presence of God. We forget about the things that matter. We forget about the things that produce fruit in our lives. And I'm walking through town all about myself. And I happen across my father on the streets preaching the gospel. I won't lie. And dad, you're probably watching this. I, I begrudgingly went to him not because I didn't want to see my dad I love my dad but the last thing I wanted to do was forget about myself and further the kingdom yet God had ordained a meeting God had ordained an encounter and I meet my father and my father is talking to a man a guy an ex-drug addict with a young child in a, in, a, in, a, in a pram and he's sharing Christ and so I begin to share Christ with him and we we're led by the Holy Spirit into an opportunity to lead him in the way of salvation and pray for him right there on the street. And we led him to the Lord. 
by the grace of God, right there on the street. A, man, a man's eternity changed. And it changed not because I was particularly spiritual, not because I was thinking of the right things or going about my day with the right heart, but because God is gracious, because God is the God of salvation, because God is the God of divine opportunity, because you just, for, listen to me, go for a five kilometer walk. Go for a walk. You might only be able to walk five kilometers, but I, I promise you, you will have encounters that will further the kingdom of God. Get out of the house, go for a walk. You'd be amazed what God can do within a five kilometer radius. He's the God of grace and salvation. He can meet you there with opportunities that will make him glorious in your life. Work, I'm with you, I've not abandoned you. The next is fear not. He says, fear not, my spirit is in your midst. Don't be afraid. The temple is ruins. The foundations of your spiritual life, it's in ruins. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Yes, yes, what you've built, your paneled houses, yes, the things that you built on the foundation that is Christ may have blown away and burnt away. It may be gone, but the foundation is there still. My spirit is still with you. That's the truth we need to stand on and hold on to. And on a practical level, level, listen to me. Now is not the time to be informed by social media. Now is not the time to be informed by social media. This Bible says, fear not. This text says, fear not. You're in that place. You feel like the best is behind you. Fear not, but don't be informed by social media. Now is not the time because what informs you, forms you. What informs you, forms you. The Spirit of God is in you. Your perspective now is everything. Your perspective should be settled on the abiding presence in you. Spend time with the Lord. Let the Lord's presence inform you. Let his word inform you of who you are, of where you're going, and of the hope that he has for you, and for the steadfast plan of salvation that's at work in your life. He'll have his glory. John 15, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and appointed you that you would bear fruit, fruit that will last. I've chosen you. I've laid the cornerstone. Will I not lay the capstone? I began a work in your life. I'll bring it to completion. I'll finish what I started. I'll finish. Don't let social media inform you now. Don't look to the opinions of men. Don't look to the minds of men their intellect and their understanding to inform you now. Now is the time to believe and to look to my spirit for the power to go forth and go on and be fruitful. Verse six, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more and in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill the house with glory says the Lord so we've looked at two commandments and now there's a promise of restoration and I want you to look at this this is really the heart of what I believe the spirit would say God is shaking what can be shaken temporal things in our lives to fill the temple again. The church, us, with treasure. 
What is the treasure of the nations that God will send into his temple? It's people, folks. God is shaking what can be shaken to make space in our lives again for people. God is shaking us to make us people, people again. God is shaking us so that we will have space in the temple for the glory of the temple. What is the glory of the temple? It's people worshiping God. It's a life given for people. It's a life given for the benefit of others. That's the glory that God promises to you. I will fill the temple with treasure. The friction of the trial is breaking off things, the things that have filled our lives to the place where we have no room, no time and no space for people. Let's be honest. Before some of what we've been through over the past few months, if the Lord sent us people, we'd have no room for them in our lives. We'd have no room. No room at the end for the least of these. We'd have no room for them. And yet now God is saying, after this season of lockdown, where if you're honest, what you really miss now, what your appetite for, what your appetite is for now is for people. That's, that's how I feel. I'm not really interested in, I don't know, shopping or, or, or retail therapy or going into restaurants or any of that anymore. I just want to see people. I just want to be around people. My interactions with people are now, they're different. I'm enjoying them more. I'm enjoying every person I encounter now more than ever because being locked away from people shows you that they're really the treasure in life. They're really what God values. And now they're becoming what we value again. Finally, verse 9. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I'll give peace. In other words, the best is yet to come. If you're looking back, looking at a temple, looking at a spiritual life, you've neglected it because you've pursued things and filled your life with things, paneled houses, things that don't matter, things that don't bear fruit. And now you're standing and you've been looking back. Well, the Lord says, no, look forward the latter glory, I'm going to fill this house again with people. The best is yet to come. You will bear fruit such that you will never have to say the best is behind me ever again. God is saying that there is a fruitful season ahead for you. There's a fruitful season ahead for you. It's coming. It's coming. If you stand in faith, begin to work in faith, open your mouth, God will fill it. God will fill your mouth. Just start opening it again. God will fill your mouth. He'll do it. Look to his spirit in you. Look to the limitless power and potential, the spirit of God at work in you, believer. It's the spirit that rose Christ from the dead and set him at the right hand of the Father. Surely if I open my mouth, you'll fill it, Lord. If you could cleanse the mouth of God, uh, of Peter and Isaiah, Lord, man of unclean lips who dwells amongst the people of unclean lips, and you could, you could cleanse his mouth and make him an oracle. How much more me, Moses with a stutter. God, if you could use Moses, Lord, surely the word is the same over me. Who made a man's mouth? Who makes him dumb or mute? I'll fill your mouth. 
if you'll speak, if you'll trust me, if you'll trust me, the best is yet to come. And you will have peace, finally. You will have peace. You'll have peace when you live for people. When those people come back into your life, when the Lord sends them into your life, having shaken all the things, all the clutter is gone. And now you've got all the mess of other people and you're living for the benefit of others and for the glory and presence of God. There, there is peace. There, there is peace. More people. The more you're given for people, the more peace you walk in. It's amazing, but it's true. I just hope tonight that that's been a blessing and an encouragement to anybody listening on. Now, if you're wondering why this is going on, you understand that God is shaking you to make you a people person. And maybe if you're looking back, now you can look forward and recognize, no, God is going to send the glory of the glory. The glory of the latter temple will be greater than the former. The best is yet to come. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Just before I pass, pass it back to Pastor Stephen and the worship team, Lord, just want to ask for anybody who might have heard this word, Lord, God, and have needed to have hope and healing. I pray that, Lord, you just, Lord, that, that that's what would have happened, Lord. I pray, Lord, that people would be deeply encouraged, Lord. I pray that people would be touched, Lord, and moved again to trust you, Lord. Oh, help us to trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gospel of your grace, the blood that you shed for us, the life you lived instead of us, the death you died in our place. Thank you, Lord, as we worship you now. I pray that these truths would crystallize in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we would begin to move, Lord, and trust you, and we would see fruit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.